Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. And today we're talking about the 2023 Social Security Trustees Report. I know what you're thinking. Who wants to learn about a whole bunch of numbers and some report, but at the same time, the number one thing I hear from retirees, people about to retire, is I need to take my Social Security before it goes bankrupt. So let's dive in today and discover what's going on with Social Security. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Now, I'm gonna be honest, I did not read the full 276 page report, which is titled, I'll read it here, the 2023 annual report of the Board of Trustees of the Federal Old Age and Survivors Insurance and Federal Disability Insurance Trust Funds. That, uh, there's a good thing there's a summary, right? I read the 32 page summary, got it right here. This summary is highly important. Uh, I wanna say that there's three things people get wrong about Social Security. One of them is they just don't understand how the program works. Uh, and I would just say maybe in general. So that's the overarching thing. So the three things that people get wrong about Social Security is just, how does this program work? And I can't blame you for feeling that way or getting it wrong because it is complicated, right? Just the, the summary is 32 pages. Uh, I think I, I read there's something like 11 different benefits that are happening. Uh, it's amazing. So the, the first place people get things wrong is just how survivor benefits work. And I'm gonna talk about these things you can do to do better with your social security because you have a lot of control over how your social security shows up to you and to your spouse, perhaps to your kids even, for the rest of your lifetime. So the first part about survivor benefits is that when you are in a couple and there's two of you and you're both getting benefits, it doesn't matter who dies first, the lower benefit goes away. I was just talking with somebody yesterday and they said, I filed for social security at 65. I probably should have waited. Uh, my wife's a couple years younger and because of what I had done, I am going to, she and I have decided that she's gonna wait on hers, perhaps even wait all the way to 70. And I asked more questions because this is just seeming like perhaps they're, they're on the right track uh, but they might be shooting themselves in the foot. And when I asked them more questions, I discovered that the wife had a lower benefit amount, not terribly too much lower, but she had a lower benefit amount. The husband in this case had a higher benefit amount and they're on the right track. They want to get the most out of their social security. And so they filed for his social security because they needed some income and they feel like I wanna get the most, so they're gonna wait on hers but all they're doing is increasing a social security benefit that's gonna go away when the first person passes. And guess who dies first? The first person. The second person lives longer, whoever that is. What they need to do is actually switch things. Uh, I'm counseling them to suspend benefits for him. If this is what they, what they wanna do, if they're trying to get the most out of this, they need to push up, push out, get more out of his 
benefit because it's his benefit for them that's going to be the higher benefit that lasts longer. Uh, so the fact that they didn't know, they didn't know that her survivor benefit, her, her survivor benefits based on his amount. They didn't know that you go from two benefits down to one. Uh, they didn't know that the way to max things out for them is to really boost up his benefit by waiting. He's just at full retirement age. He can suspend. He can wait on his Social Security at this point. And yes, they're used to that income, so they can go ahead and file for hers. That's what's going to work out best for them. And that's something that's so common, just they didn't know how survivor benefits work. A lot of people just don't know how survivor benefits work. If there's two of you, if there ever was two of you, you need to look into how survivor benefits work. When you max out the survivor benefits, you're probably maxing out the way that you get benefits, the way that the couple gets benefits over your lifetime. Now, the second problem that people run into is they feel like Social Security is going bankrupt. They've heard that the Social Security trust fund is running out of money. It's going to zero in the year 2033, 10 years away. And that's right. That is absolutely right. But that's the trust fund. The trust fund is going to zero. Social Security is not going to zero. It says on your statement, it says in the report, says in the news release that we've got here, that once the Social Security trust fund, once it hits zero, once there's no extra reserves, there's still enough taxes to get 77% of the promised benefit. Uh, if they promise you $100 and the year is 2034, they'll have enough taxes to give you $77. Now, hopefully they fix it. Hopefully they make some change by then. But when you're planning out your Social Security and you think that the benefit amount goes to zero, uh, that's a different story than looking at a pay cut of 23%. Nobody wants a 23% pay cut. That's why we're talking about this. That's why Congress needs to fix it. But a 23% pay cut is a different story than a 100% pay cut. And a lot of people are making decisions on when to take Social Security because they're viewing it as if Social Security is going away, down to zero, 100% pay cut. And that's just simply not the case. Now, the third issue people run into, the most common ones, are just how longevity works. And if you spend just a few minutes learning how life expectancy, longevity, probability works, you can find your odds of success. You can find your probability that you will make it to certain ages, right? A big problem here is that when you read in the newspaper, here's what life expectancy is in America, that is an estimate of newborns. I don't think you were born yesterday, but a lot of people are using that estimate of newborns to think that is their own life expectancy. If you're facing Social Security, you're 62, you're 65, you're 67, and you have a different life expectancy than the newborn that they're talking about in the newspaper. And especially related to survivor benefits, it's not about you, it's not about the other person, it's about the both of you. There's a concept called joint longevity, joint life expectancy. If an average says that some people happen to uh, die below the averages, some people live past the averages, well, on average, if there's two of you, 
there's probably somebody that lives past the average. So that joint longevity is going to be longer than if you look at just of your individual longevities. Uh, that's all explained in a place called longevityillustrator.org. We've talked about it a lot. We will keep talking about it a lot. I had my physical today with my doctor. He said I'm doing well, but I was telling him about longevityillustrator.org. He loved the concept. He loved the idea. Uh, on it. So that's something to, to take a look. The three things that people get uh, wrong, they just don't understand. And I can't blame you. It's a, it's a tough system. Is how does survivor benefits work? That when the Social Security Trust Fund goes to zero, it doesn't mean Social Security goes to zero. And then look into your own personal longevity and how that works. We're going to be talking about that later on, just these differences in longevities. Now, I'm not going to say that just because Social Security is not going away, that everything is rosy. I'm also not going to say that Social Security is doomed. It's somewhere in between. And I think the mistake you could make is to believe that uh, Social Security is doomed and you make decisions on that. Uh, you could also make decisions based on, well, Congress is going to do this. Politicians are going to do that. Uh, so it's just out of my control. Your choices in Social Security are so much in your control. You look at the age of 62, you look at the age of 70, the first and the last time you can file for Social Security, there's a 76% difference there. We're talking about a 23% pay cut, perhaps, with the way Social Security is running right now. Your choices, your decisions about your own Social Security that's a 76% difference. That's three times the difference compared to what's going on in America with politicians and Congress needing to fix this problem. You have a lot of control over your Social Security, and I just want to keep you uh, thinking about that. So let's, uh, let's talk about the Social Security Trustees Report, and there's certainly some problems that are in there. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, but I want to talk about the good things that are going on first. One of the good things going on is hospital insurance. What is that? That's Medicare, Medicare Part A. That's the free part. That is paid for with your uh, taxes. There's Medicare taxes that are in there. Uh, and I've been reading about, I've been hearing that Medicare is actually a bigger mess than Social Security is. Uh, but when it comes to Part A, that hospital insurance, yes, the trust fund for hospital insurance is uh, running out in a few years, in 2031, but the taxes that are there are going to cover 89% of the costs. So think of Social Security that you hear about a lot, where it's running out in 2033, and it's only there to support 77% of all the promises. The hospital fund, the Part A, if you go to a hospital, that's what your taxes are paying for on your paycheck, that has enough taxes enough revenue to support 89% of all the promised benefits. I'm just going to say that's not too bad, right? That just seems like an easy fix. Somehow, some combination of 11% more taxes, right, which doesn't sound like too much, like your 1.2% your that you pay would go to 1.3%, 1.35 maybe. It's not too big of a difference there. Or some way they're able to find some cost to cut. I really feel like that's, that's a simple one they can fix. Uh, that's not too big of a deal. That's a, that's a good sign. Disability insurance. There are something like 9 million people on Social Security 
disability getting payments right now as we speak and it is 100% funded. You don't have to worry about the running out of money in the Social Security Disability Insurance Program. It says officially that it's not going to run out in the next 75 years. Well, it's not like it runs out in year 76. It's just they stop counting. I got a feeling if it's looking good for 75 years, it's probably good after that. So two big good things to take away. Your hospital insurance, yes, that part of Medicare, that trust fund is going uh, basically to zero in eight years. That's a projection. At the same time, there's probably enough taxes and cost cutting some way to figure that one out. And disability insurance, that is 100% funded. So let's talk about the bad parts. The bad parts, uh, two big ones, is your Social Security Retirement and Survivors Trust Fund. That is running out in the year 2033. And then there's only 77% of the projected benefits that could be covered by the taxes. They've got to make a change. It's not fun to have a 23% pay cut. But do remember, when you're planning out how you go about with Social Security, it's not a 100% pay cut. It's not going to zero. There's enough taxes to pay you 77% of what they're promising. And you would think it's a simple math problem. Uh, I've always kind of thought it's a simple math problem. And if we're just looking at the tax side of it, they, they put that right in there. Basically, uh, the costs are about 14% to 18% in the future of, of if, if Americans are making 100 grand on average, right? Let's just go with some average numbers. 100 grand that they're making. The cost for Social Security uh, for that part of it uh, right now is maybe about 14,000 per person. Uh, it's going up to 18,000. But the cost, the money coming in, is kind of flat at 13%, at 13,000 on your 100 grand uh, salary there. Uh, there's a difference. And you think, hey, let's just fix it. Well, that's a four percentage point difference in taxes. And your tax rate right now on that part is at 6.2%, right? That's not a small increase. Adding on four percentage points more is a big increase. So you can't just, you probably shouldn't at least just fix Social Security by raising the taxes. And I want to talk about what I do think is the biggest problem, and that's Medicare supplement. Now, the report, the trustees report here, they're just saying, how is Social Security doing? And Social Security, when it comes to Medicare and supplements, like the Part B, the D, the C, Advantage, actually looks good on paper for Social Security because there's no Social Security taxes that are coming in to pay for it. It's all being paid for by the federal government mostly. That's 75% of it. Some of it is your premium costs. A small amount is from the states kind of kicking in to help out. These are just general revenue taxes that are paying for this. So the people that are kind of uh, accounting for it and saying, hey, there's a problem, let's fix this, the Social Security trustees, they look at it and say, well, Medicare's fine. As long as the federal government, with their general revenue, as long as their taxes are there to pay for it, uh, then all those Medicare supplements are fine. And I tell you, if you're not to 65 yet, you will be spending a lot more time using your Medicare supplements than you will that hospital insurance. Thankfully, hopefully, you don't go in the hospital uh, every year, uh, but you're talking to your doctor, you're getting prescription drug costs, these things are happening year in, year out. And I think a big problem there 
is the fact that the general revenue taxes are paying for it means it's not transparent. You can see your Medicare costs. You can see your Social Security taxes. You can tell that there is a 1.45% cost for Medicare to you and a 1.45% cost for Medicare to your employer. But that's only the hospital insurance. That's ignoring all the Medicare supplements. And even that needs a little bit of help. That hospital insurance uh, needs a little bit of help, right? I, I added this up. You need to go from about 2.9% total to 3.5% for the total cost, but that's none of it goes to the supplemental insurance. And the supplemental cost, the cost of Medicare supplemental type plans and, and to the federal government is more than double the cost of the health insurance, which makes sense. People go to the doctor more often than they go to the hospital, so the costs are more than double. So in reality, if you wanna fully fund Medicare, that cost tax-wise to you and your employer of about 3% needs to go to over 7%. So we're talking a, a potential 4% cost on taxes for fixing Social Security, another 4% cost in taxes for mixed fixing Medicare. This is a big deal. And I don't think that actually just raising taxes is going to solve the problem. Here's another problem that's there. Uh, reading the report, I read this last year and, and noticed it, and it's in there again. There are supposed to be two public trustees, uh, just nominated by the president, kind of representing us, right? We the people, there's supposed to be two of them and there hasn't been since July of 2015. Basically, there's been eight years of nobody advocating within Social Security for the retiree, for the people paying taxes. Uh, that's just a shame. I'm gonna suggest uh, Dr. Larry Kotlikoff, probably ought to be one of them. He was on our podcast uh, earlier. He probably knows more about Social Security and how to fix things uh, than anyone in this country. So I, I, I got a feeling if we can get somebody like him as the public trustee advocating for us, coming up with ideas and solutions, we'll be on the right, right track. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. Fivestepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. I got a few more good things for you about Social Security. I don't want this all to be doom and gloom. Uh, one of them, and they did the math here, is it? it's a trillion dollar program, right? There's a trillion dollars coming in, a trillion dollars going out. And you look at that budget, that trillion dollars coming in and out. It's only 0.5, that's 0.5, half a percent of that budget. That's all it takes to run Social Security. That's a pretty good number, right? If you compare it to what investment managers charge, right? It's a one percentage point or more. You compare it to uh, what banks get in their interest, right? The bank pays you a little bit of interest and they're trying to loan it out to other places. They're trying to get three, four, five percent uh, something called uh, interest rate spread, right? That's a big number. And here's Social Security 
one of the most important parts of uh, American government, and it's only costing 0.5%. That's not terribly too bad at all, the 0.5%. So I think that's a good thing. This is not Social Security. You can love it or hate it, but it is not a government waste program, right? They're, they're running a, a tight ship. I think they're doing a good job with what they got uh, right there. Here's another good thing about Social Security. It lasts your whole lifetime and it increases with inflation. I just read an article while I was getting ready for this. It said two thirds of American do not understand. They didn't know, it's news to them, that Social Security goes up with inflation every year. What else lasts your whole lifetime and actually grows with inflation? Social Security is a hugely helpful program to your retirement. I think anything you can do to boost up your Social Security is a big deal, is a good help. Uh, I was looking at the stats and 30% of the income for the elderly, they call it the elderly, I try to figure out what that means, 65 plus. I think they need to change that, right? So 30% of the income coming in for people above 65 is from Social Security. Almost half of Americans get half of their income or more from Social Security. This is an important program. America needs to get it right. And I just wanna talk briefly about what might be some things to consider when we're trying to fix Social Security. Now I'm generally a limited government, less is more type of person. Uh, I worked for the Libertarian Party 20 years ago, right? I, I want to figure out how you can keep more of your money. But here's the deal with Social Security. It's such a huge problem. It's such a huge program, right? I, I looked at numbers. There's 57 million people getting the old age and survivor insurance, 9 million on disability. 65 million on Medicare, 180 million uh, paying taxes. This is a program that touches everybody already. It's been that way for almost 90 years. Uh, that's a tough program to change. Uh, and it seems like, I've always thought it was a simple fix, right? Back in 1935, even back in 1983, when they made the changes and they raised the retirement age gradually, I wanna remind you that it was gradually, from 65 to 67, uh, we're all living longer now. So the simple fix I've always thought as well, let's kind of index it to life expectancy or let's just recognize that people live longer now compared to 90 years ago, compared to 40 years ago. But as I'm reading more and more, one thing that I failed to keep in mind is that your life expectancy is determined a lot by your income. The difference in the life expectancy between people in the top 10%, people in the bottom 10% is 12 years. That is a huge difference. And if Social Security is there helping people that need it most, and I gotta tell you, if you have lower income, if you're part of that almost half of Americans that are relying on half of their income from Social Security, you're probably towards the lower income, like you're below average for income there in that situation. If your life expectancy is 12 years lower than folks in the top uh, 10%, that's the number one thing. When I'm helping you figure out what's the best way to take Social Security, that's the first thing we look at is your own personalized longevity estimate. And there's a 12 year spread just based on 
on people's income. This is, I don't know if I have a solution yet. I don't know if I'm fully on board with the idea that you shouldn't raise the full retirement age, but that's a huge difference that was just eye-opening to me. And I think we need to consider that when we're, we're looking at raising the full retirement age, uh, perhaps. Something I didn't know of, and, I, and I, I'm at a loss for how to fix this with Social Security, uh, but just the difference in longevity based on race. The, the latest studies I saw were from 2019. So this is pre-COVID, uh, but at, the, at that time, and again, this is the life expectancy estimate for a newborn baby. But in 2019, if you're white, your life expectancy is 79. If you're black, the life expectancy is 75. If you're American Indian, the life expectancy is 73. When we're looking at that, and we're understanding and knowing that Social Security is based on longevity. And there's parts of America, whether it's based on income with a 12-year difference or based on race with a four or six-year difference. I just don't know what the solution is, but it really feels like just taking a blanket approach, which I think I, I was there until I saw the, the stats, taking the blanket approach of just raising the full retirement age, or as we talked about earlier, just raise the taxes all across the board. Uh, there's just gotta be a different way. I'm gonna leave you with the last words and the summary from the 2023 trustees report. And we're gonna link to all this, uh, all the stuff you can look at. Uh, here's what they say. Lawmakers have many options for changes that would reduce or eliminate the long-term financing shortfalls. We urge Congress to consider such options for both Medicare and Social Security like the proposal for Medicare in the president's budget. With each year that lawmakers do not act, the public has less time to prepare for the changes. And I think it's that last sentence that matters most. With each year that lawmakers do not act, the public has less time to prepare for the changes. I hope you got something out of learning about the Social Security Trustees Report for 2023. I know I did. I'm looking forward to reading it each year, sharing that information with you uh, going forward. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning.